Hello and welcome to the Vision Podcast 3.0. My name is Julia Brunton and some people call me Jules. This podcast is about life, whether your goal is living your best life or simply navigating life. By listening to this podcast, you may learn something new, you may well get inspired and you may well laugh and you may even find you ignite a new sense of self-belief too. All I ask is you remain open. Each week, please join me and guests as we share stories, learnings and truths from past and present, the good, the bad, the brilliant. Thank you for joining the Vision community. Good morning, everyone. I would like to introduce you to my guest today, who is called Jez. And Jez is a charity, Say Aphasia, which is in Hampshire in England. Charity supports those people and their families who have aphasia. And this is a communication disability, which makes it difficult to read, write, or speak. And typically, this is a result of could be a stroke, it could be a head injury, a brain hemorrhage, something like that. And I met one of the members of the the team. I was out and about and I asked if I could come and sit in as a volunteer on one of their sessions when they meet uh, bi-weekly in Winchester. I wanted Jez to come on. I think it's really important for us all to open our vision to different things going on in life and to how people are experiencing life. So welcome, Jed. How, how are you doing today? Yeah, okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, yeah. and we've got a few questions and I want to talk to, talk to you through. I wanted to paint a bit of a backstory. You did have a stroke yourself when you were 50. 49. Oh, 49, so, okay. Yeah. Obviously, that was something you'd never experienced. There was reference that you, you, you said that it took you obviously a while to understand what was happening with your body, your brain, and which resulted in lots of different, not so pleasant feelings, confusion and frustration, and trying to sort of put all those pieces together. I don't want to go totally into your age, but how many years ago was that from when you had the stroke? Where are we now on your journey? It's been a hell of a long journey. The point after my stroke, I had absolutely no idea what was happening. Absolutely no idea. I I was in a coma for a week for... Even after the two and a half months at hospital, I was still getting speech therapy for and various other things for probably well over a year. Mm-hmm. That's partly down to it taking many months to get those things back from the NHS. The mo- the difference, which I'm told, because I can't judge it myself, from what I was after the stroke, which people couldn't understand what I was saying, couldn't really do very much. And But I thought I was absolutely close to being what I was. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I, literally, I can remember thinking I'm, I'm probably 90% what I was. I look back now, my my assessment of what I was was massively off. I couldn't understand what I was saying. I couldn't understand what I was doing. There's very few things I could do. You, you've gone from where you were with um, when it first happened, your first, uh, the stroke, and no doubt you went through, it was probably more obvious to people what was happening. Now, people may look at you, I imagine, and think, oh, he looks okay. But behind that, you're still building and dealing with, a different set of challenges or you still got challenges but they they're perhaps different to what they looked like at the beginning do you do you is is that the case or yeah it i i struggle a bit on the fact that 
physically I, I look fine. I can talk generally fine. Sometimes words won't come out. But, yes. Uh, but people with a, who have a face don't think I have a face because they can't see what the problem is. Oh, and the really? problem is that if there's a group of people or people not talking clearly or noisy, mm -hmm. I won't understand what's happening. But because physically and uh, talking, mm -hmm. they think you're fine. And then immediately they will, will they will talk to me completely normally. And I'll go, I don't understand what you're saying. So, so your, 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 your challenge, it sounds, is like, is, uh, is so when we're talking, it's the hearing or is it what someone's saying or... Or it's, it's listening the, rather than the, what you're having to say. Noise coming in, and for example, I, I when words are coming in, it'll take me a while to process that, mm -hmm. and then it will take me a while to come up with an answer. And the, for example, I can't watch films, right, or things like that because mm. by the time somebody something somebody has said something on a film. The brain has to process it, mm -hmm. and then it will have moved on. In a meal, right. I can't, I can't communicate because if there are people talking away, right? I won't um, understand. It will take a while to understand what somebody was saying, and the conversation will have moved on. Right, and then I've got to think of what to say, which may mean the conversation may have moved on for three or four minutes, and I'll say. What about this? And say, oh yeah, we've already talked about that. And I, I now remember you saying why you wear, you like to wear the ear. Yeah. Uh, because it's easier for you to hear when it's in your ears. And it, 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 there's even more to that, which is, I think, I, I don't know whether the words will come right, but the brain is, I think if the word is unidirectional, whereas when you're talking, as when I talk bef before the stroke, I could understand, I could focus on the person who's talking, right? So your brain will focus on that one person and understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I listen mm -hmm. to everything. Mm -hmm. If you're in a restaurant or in a pub, right, I'm listening to the person I'm talking to, but I'm also listening to the person on the side next to me, behind me. Mm -hmm. And the brain is pulling all of that in are not bring, doing a very good job of bringing all that together. And hence why a headphone, it focuses that information. Uh, and when you, when did you get that point that you realised that people couldn't understand? Did that feel like, I mean, was it, let's say, shock or was it? You... I, I, don't, I don't know. It took a long time to arrive at that, but I suspect after, after a, at that stage, after the stroke, I suspect I just didn't understand what was happening. And in a way, that was for me. Now that sounds okay. mad. No. But if you don't, if you don't, if you suddenly, as I know a few of the people, they have uh -huh. a stroke, they wake up and they think, oh, damn, oh, shit, the, the, the terror, you know, what's happening? If you don't go through that process and you don't understand what's happening and you gradually over months and months and perhaps mm -hmm. years, it's a lot easier. I... It sounds mad, but you just, if you don't understand what's, ha what's happened to you or where you can, what you can do or what you can't do, mm -hmm. then you don't have to face that. That's uh, interesting, uh, interesting to you. You share it like that, so it's. But I can absolutely see how it would have been easier. Oh, what motivated you? You got maybe more aware of what was happening, maybe even after. What was there a part? That, what was it that motivated you to keep pushing forward and not to maybe give up in your recovery process? I would have 
to say part of the, the thing that did survive very well, which is my attitude. <sighs> my attitude has never been to take it easy. My attitude is always to push. But mm-hmm. for example, I remember the the second hospital I moved to were Snowden, which is the recovery hospital, a very small one. I think it had 16 beds. Yeah. And I can remember that, that they gave you a uh, they used to give you a what was going to happen and how the people the people the doctors and helpers and speech therapists would come. And I can remember I sat there on the first day and was told at nine o'clock the speech therapist was coming to see me. At ten past nine, I was going to the, the nurses and say, Well they right, come on, I wanna get on. <laughs> And I've done that all the way through when I saw speech therapists at the hospital. They yeah. I supposed to give, I think it was eight sessions. I, I wouldn't let them get away with it. I would just say, okay, we're doing the next session. And they go, no, 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 no. And I go, no, we're doing it. And I just, I think I gave 12 or 15 sessions. It was only allowed eight. It worked. So what word, how would you describe that if in adjectives? Is it grit? Is it resilience? What else do we have here? I, I think part of it is down to how I was at work. What I did, I had mm-hmm. to push. I mm. couldn't. I I had to take control and okay. push very politely, very nicely, not aggressively. That's yes. not my character. But not just sit round and let the world drive you. You've got to drive you. Yeah. You've got to push yourself. Absolutely. I mean, you can't even think what if you didn't have that attitude in you. And because it's not always easy when you're going through challenging times, isn't it? Or all those different emotions or frustrations or why me? And this applies to everything in life, doesn't it? It's not just living through your story. You haven't experienced what you have, but they can probably apply it to their own life. Were there any strategies or things that you did during that period? Obviously got your, your attitude to forward, to drive forward and keep everyone else on track it sounds as well were there any other strategies you did to support maybe your mental well-being or any positivity or anything like that i would say the the mental well-being is probably certainly from a stroke and for me it was quite important and one of the reasons that is most people with a stroke get depression i never had depression at all it just Mm -hmm. didn't come on my radar i didn't understand what it was but after the stroke you get depression from i I think it's i think it's like two-thirds or three-quarters of people after a stroke and you can understand that the brain's a bit you 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 have to find techniques of dealing with it and and part of it is changing what you're doing absolutely can you give an example of that yeah a a pathetic way Uh, i was i can remember incredibly down and how did i fix it did the washing up Exactly. I love yeah, it. The, brilliant. The, brilliant. You go do the washing up, you're focusing on something else. Your yes. brain is changing its focus and yes. that yes. turned me round. And can I just add, I think also I think I've noticed certainly with tasks like that, like the washing up, for example, or like cleaning, because you can start the task and you can finish it. I think that's yeah. quite a positive thing. It's it's feeding that sense of achievement as well. I do an awful lot of walking now, I would have to say. I think walking would help to get away from the depression. The reason mm-hmm. I'd say that is if you're going off walking or doing yeah. something like that, you're still having to deal with what was causing the depression. Like all these things are little tools, aren't they? And you bring them all in. It's just an extra to get the body moving and rather than, say, locking yourself into a small area, it could become withdrawn or it's connecting, you know, kinetic energy moving is 
helping you to process things. The other, the other technique, which is always have challenges, things I'm yeah. trying to work on. Okay. Right? Uh, if I'm in, if I'm in the, if I will face those, if I'm in the right mate. Okay. If I know that I'm close to going into depression. I don't try and do something because if I fail achieving that, which the things I'm doing very much are, mm. they'll take lots of attempts to get them right. Mm. So I know if I tried that and go, okay, I will fail or not achieve it, then the depression will come back. So you mm-hmm. have to, to plan what you're doing mm-hmm. from the right about what you can do in that instance. Right, yes, and be kind to yourself. You're dealing yeah. with so many more things, aren't you? And you want to set yourself up to, is that saying, set yourself up to succeed. Yeah. Now, do you think experience, or how has it transformed this general perspective on life? Could it be used to help others, inspire others in their own stories or in their own journeys? I think my attitude is very similar to what it was and the, how I am, and lots of people tell me the same. It's one of the things, because I now don't work, aren't have the capacity to work most to doing most things well uh i am a lot more aesthetic that i'm I bel- i i've more focused on other people whereas before when i worked i had to be focused on what i was doing and but now i'm more focused on what other people and more tolerant of what other people do is there anything else you've, you've observed is, is there anything else you've observed um in how you I, think you You've changed or you've changed how you see life. My, my focus is more on what other people can do yeah. and to help other people. We all are. If, you, if, you're, if you're doing your work, focuses on what you're achieving for your company or what you're, yes. whatever, but where your focus is on going, actually, I will get a lot more of uh, uh, something from myself if I'm helping other people. Absolutely. And do you think you've become more compassionate or judgmental? And I say that not because you you were before, but so many people, it seems to be in society today, seem to judge so much on so many things that it's, for me, I find it astounding that people are even thinking on these lines. We've all done it. We were sort of brought up in a way to do these types of things. It's certainly something I've tried to work on over the years because, and not to judge someone by what they look like, what clothing they're wearing, or what we sound like. The list goes on, doesn't it? You know, and it's sometimes you could be doing a positive thing and people are still judging you negatively. That's in from my, when I worked, that you would, you would assess people and the way they behave and the way they look, the way they dress, the work I did, I had to do that. Did that with your friends, your colleagues. You kind of go, oh, bloody hell, that, you know, what they're wearing. And whereas I don't, I'm not driven by that. Now. I, I imagine some of um, people who come along each week, you know, everyone's on along different stages, aren't they? And sometimes then people get impacted physically, not just their, their speech. So I've noticed in life that sometimes when things are different or don't fit that stereotype of life, People may step away from those things because they don't—they're a bit scared or mindful or, or whatever the word is. Yeah. And again, I think that's for me trying to say how important it is to show compassion and kindness, or yeah. a smile, or be less judgmental. But for starters, no one knows anything. Any of these things could happen to anyone. From this journey that you've been on and you're still going through, what would be your you know, wise words or learnings that you could sh- you could take and? you know share to say the youth say someone in their 20s right now is watching this or listening and what this journey has taught you the most 
I would say helping others. Uh-huh, And I think, and I, I know I've experienced this from other people when have tried doing that. They, 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 like I did, you go through a career and you have to spend okay. an Yeah. awful lot of time. Work is very, very challenging. You work long hours and the focus is on your yourself, your job Yes, okay. and your family. And that is it. That Mm really -hmm. is it. And any spare time you have going to the pub or whatever, but that's the focus and that's the focus on you when you don't do that. And I think, I think if you step out of that, help other people and do things for other people, you get so much back. You'll probably, I mean, one of my friends who does jogging and he said the first thing he did was some volunteer, which was for when they're having a, a, a charity run or whatever. And he did some marshalling. And he said it was the most, it was the best he'd ever had. He said he enjoyed it more. And that was not because of his jogging. It was getting something back from other people. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. I think spending a little bit of time on other people rather than on yourself, you will get a lot more back than you probably ever got from doing thing, uh, working. Now, earlier I saw, I can't see, it is a hymn, I think. You had a bird. I can't see him now, but um, there is a bird, everyone, which is was hopping around. I thought it was actually outside the window because there's a, there's a, if you're listening, um, there's kind of a, A blurry haze on the back informs me no the bird is actually inside so just uh, tell me about the bird It's a mayor's parrot, which I've had for 34 years. was she with you throughout that obviously that journey and Uh, how did you use the i'm sure it was a source of comfort or a source of familiarity as many pets are aren't they absolutely. Uh, what advice would you give to someone right now who who is going through a similar situation just I would say trying to get some help. For example, in the group, I run here. A lot of people are very isolated after the stroke and aphasia and their inability to com communicate. Finding people who have a similar experience and a, a similar tolerance of other people, for example, with the aphasia, so having a bit more time and a little bit quieter, people supporting them and giving them ideas and help. And uh, it, <clears throat> as a group, as a human being, if you're getting support, and help and love and care then uh then it can only help me. one of the one of the guys in the group was a fairly elderly gentleman had had a stroke couldn't really talk at all and was coming to our group and I loved coming to the group and i got a call from his uh wife and she said he's really down the only thing he enjoys is coming to the group Uh, what I did is I spoke to a few of my mates around the group and said, shall we go and see him? Ah. We all went round to his house and sat, uh, sat outside on a lovely summer's day, even though we couldn't really understand what he was saying. And when I say couldn't really understand, I mean couldn't understand anything. People going through the same challenge and saying, yeah, we're, we're with you. I think that's huge, definitely so important with your experience. It is almost like a relief. It's like because a lot of people have never spoken about certain things and therefore. It's, it's gosh other people are going through that or they or they understand at least and obviously in this circumstance i think it's really important that people and people are surrounded by those who really get it
because of the stroke, and I now know some of my friends uh, who I think it, it, we're all under uh, veneer, and that veneer doesn't isn't opened up, and they everybody thinks everybody else's life is perfect, and when that veneer opens up, and quite often people will more likely to to open it up because of the challenge that you're going through, yes. stroke, right? And certainly I've been said, when they know that, they kind of say, you know, there's this, this, that. And then you go, bloody hell, I, I know you for 30 years. I didn't know you suffered from depression. I didn't know you were doing that. It's opening up and you get the support from other people to do that. But it's finding those right groups and the right people to do that. I think everybody needs to kind of empathise with other people, uh, if that's the right word. Yes. Finding uh, that empathy, you get it back. I find one of uh, the ways that drives me is I have to-do list every day. Good. And the to-do list says I do five miles walking. I do mm -hmm. some reading. I do some memory game tasks. A year I'll go to the allotment. I will, I'll have a whole list of things. Yeah, so I, have I love to that. Do, and I don't accept not doing it, which I use is if you're doing something like my five to ten mile walk every day, I don't except I'm not going to do it. Don't even consider the idea. I just do okay. it. I start thinking, oh, it's cold, it's wet, it's, I'm tired, I'm hungover, whatever. That will give me an excuse not for doing it. If you don't even go for that process, don't <laughs> have the opportunity. Absolutely. Do you think, no, so what, I think it's really important and can be, especially when you're trying to achieve things, to have a routine to do things and have the to-do list. The thing I often say so is it's really good, but you have to also learn to be agile. Like a, like a tree has its roots and it's grounded. Some things are going to happen. So, for example, what you experienced, which you didn't know was going to happen. Your maybe usual routine got uprooted. And that can be very, when people are so firmly, this has to happen. And if it doesn't, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I always say the balance of you have the routine, do it, but have some agility. Jez, it's been so good to speak with you and for you sharing your story and all um, the ways that you help yourself in your own life, your personal growth, because some of those things are so important. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to do that. Thank you for your time. Thank you for um, being very open and honest on your journey and on the tools you use. And yes, may may your voice be an inspiration to others that you do have to sometimes push through. Always easy, but when you do, you're saying you really do get the benefits. Yes, and it's just absolutely, that absolutely that one, two, three, four. Gonna do this, doing it in those bite-sized chunks, and people will start to feel the difference and see the difference. Yeah, absolutely, Amazing. you get you get you get a lot back. You put it in absolutely i love that you get a lot back if you push it in so thank you jez for your time i'm going to wish you a good day and thank you for joining the vision podcast bye